It's very important that we remain throughout deeply attached to that tzaddik, to Yosef tzaddik. Because all of the tikkunim that we're going to be learning about, the things that we've discussed, are all from the world of Yosef tzaddik. So before we move forward with the with the halachis, I wanted to have one, I would say, final, I can't predict it, sometimes in the, like in the middle of the night I start thinking about something, and then there comes another hagdama. But I think one final conversation about the opportunity that we have now at this time, Erev Purim Tavshin Ayin Ches, and what's happening <coughs> in our families, what's happening in our communities. And Hashem Baruch is giving us an opportunity, a time, a chance to fix this, to, to work on this. I, I, it's, it's very unclear, but it will become clear what I'm talking about, Mitzvah, over this week and next week. It will become something which is clear. Ever since, ever since I'm a, a child and I was taught the stories of the Torah, one of the things that I found most troubling, and I'm sure that many of you, even by a show of hand, whether you agree or you don't agree that this also troubled you as well, was how on earth was it possible that Yosef's brothers didn't recognize him? Anybody else have a problem? Is that only me? Only me? <laughs> okay. So there are others here, I'm sure, who are troubled by that. And he recognized his brothers, and they didn't recognize him. Now, we all learned from the beginning, as good boys in Cheder, that they hadn't seen him now. He was already an adult, and they couldn't recognize the beard, with a beard, without a beard. So when he left, and he was 17 years old, so when he left, he was below Hasima Zakan. He didn't have a beard. And now he has a Hasima Zakan. So the way that it was back then is, is that we didn't argue with, with anything. We were told that that's what Rashi says. And, and, and I still believe that there's an Oymek and Rashi, there's something very, very deep here, and there is, the union of the beard, and we're not going to be going into, into Kabbalah in Yonim in our conversation, because really Rashi is not just talking about, and that's from Chazal, Rashi didn't make that up. So, but I know that as a kid, when I heard that inside of me, like I didn't buy it, the fact that it, the fact that he didn't have a beard and 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 now he has a beard. The emphasis, is, the truth is, that it's not like they just saw him for five minutes. At this point, there's an ongoing masao matan. You know, they're having meetings and conversations, and there was a whole suuda, and they're spending they're spending time together. On top of everything else, Rashi's the same. Rashi told us. The Ziv, 
Zivi, Kainan Shay Yosef, Yadam Lashayakov, that Yosef at Sadik looked exactly like his father. Ela told us Yaakov Yosef. Yosef at Sadik looked like his father. Mitta board, on our board. Okay, okay. Really? No? There's a beard, there's not a beard. It's your brother. It's not so many years that passed. It wasn't like he was an infant. He wasn't two or three or four. He, he looked exactly like their father. They're spending tons of time together, talking. And throughout all of that time, Lohi Kiru. They, they didn't, they, they couldn't recognize him. They couldn't recognize him. But then it goes beyond that. Let's say that the beard really changed his appearances. I'd say it really made a huge difference, the beard. In Mitzrayim, Yosef HaTzadik was a legend in his time. It's not like it wasn't written up in every newspaper. It wasn't like it, 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 it wasn't part of, like, Egyptian, Egyptian yentering and culture that there was this every, this Jewish kid, that that became prime minister. It wasn't something that, that that was was a secret. This was known to all Egyptians that there was this Ivri, that there was a there was an, a, a Jew that uh, went from rags to riches. That was taken up from the dungeon. And all the Mitzrayim were, were, were talking about this in the mikveh and shul. <laughs> this was the, this was it. This is big news. What happened with the with, with the Ivri, with this Jew? Yeah, they didn't even eat with Jews together, and that this was something extraordinary. He was a famous person, and it, and it wasn't like there was no background check on the guy. They knew who he was. The story was well known. So. Even if he looked so different, how could it be that the brothers didn't know about this story or hear about it? Uh, that there was a there was a Jew that suddenly showed up, and Halmaisa that happened. How is it possible that they didn't know that this was their brother? That this was that this was Yosef, that the one that they sold as a as a they sold him to. Actually ended up as a slave, as a slave, and with all of the remosim and all of the hints, because according to Chazal, throughout the meal together, Yosef and Tzadik is dropping hints, right? Okay, these are smart people. These are very very smart people, and Yosef is dropping all these hints. I'm not going to go through them right now, but he's dropping hints. So he had a beard; they couldn't recognize him. I, this story was famous. Everybody knew about this story of Yosef and Sadiq, the Jew, that became uh, prime minister. Nah. He himself is spending time with them, looking at them, talking to them, and dropping all kinds of hints about who he is. No. But we're not done. It's more. According to Chazal, before the brothers went to Mitzrayim, to get food, before they went down to Mitzrayim, they 
suspected, the Lashon Chazal is even that they, they, they believed and were quite certain that the place that he ended up in was, was Egypt, that Yosef was in Mitzrayim. And the Medrash says, and Bereshish Rabbah, Tzadik Allah, the Medrash says, Tzadik Vav, the Medrash, the check, Tzadik Allah, Tzadik Vav, the Medrash says, Vayerdu Achei Yosef, the Pesach says that the brothers of Yosef went down to Mitzrayim, they were, they were admitted, they admitted to each other, they knew that they had not treated him as a brother in the beginning and they sold him. But in the end, they regretted this. And they said to each other, When will we have the opportunity, we're going to go down to Mitzrayim, to what? To bring back Yosef to our brother, to his father. We're going to bring him back. So when Yaakov told the brothers to go to Mitzrayim, they all made up, each one in his own, and they discussed it that they're going to bring it back. So on the surface, the mission to go to Mitzrayim was to get food. That was on the surface. That what was, that's what was known. But the secret mission of going to Mitzrayim, a deeper, much more meaningful, I mean, you need food to eat, but the deeper reason for going to Mitzrayim was they were going to find Yosef Atzal. They were going to look for their brother and to bring him back home. Now the Bedrash goes on and says, where did they look for him? Where did they look for Yosef Atzadik? Where, where, where would you look for, for a tzadik like that in Mitzrayim? Where did they look? Does anybody know what it says in the Medrash? The Shuk Shel They looked for him Beshuk Shalzainis, another red light district. I guess that's the nicest way of putting it. They looked for him in really bad places. Shuk Shalzainis, I don't even like to translate it. They looked for him in really, really ugly places. That's where they went to look for, for their brother. Lefidaitam, that's where a guy like Yosef would be. Lefidaitam, that's where Yosef would be. He would be in in a shuk shel zaynus, the tzaddik, would be in such a place. And that's where they went looking for him. And the Medrash says that they looked for him in every, in every place like that in Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim is a place that was immoral. And they looked for him in the most immoral places in Mitzrayim. They couldn't find him. And that, that was it. And that was it. In other words, they were convinced that if this brother was alive, there's only one place he could be found. It's Bishuk Shilzaitis. That was a major mistake. The last place on earth 
that the tzaddik goes to is a shuk shel zoynus. The last place on earth. They didn't look for him in, in the shtibluch. They didn't look for him. Whatever they had, you know, in people, nice people's homes, maybe he was a butler or something. They didn't look for him anywhere. They went to look for him in the shuk shel zoynus. And since he's not in the shuk shel zoynus, is it? Mestami's not alive. Because if he were alive, this is the only place he could be. How could they make such a, a mistake? And this explains why they couldn't recognize him when they were sitting with him in the same room. They couldn't recognize him. Forget about the beard. They couldn't recognize him. His mama said, Hester Panam. They couldn't recognize him. I'll preface, before we go into the psukim, this by saying that last week I went to visit somebody, a very, very harsh of a yid that I know, that was, has been very sick, and I was away, and I saw I couldn't see him, he was in the hospital, and I couldn't see him, and I went to see him. And Kamat didn't recognize him. Because I, I, what, what the sickness did to him. And and um, he said to me, you were talking about that kufa these past few months, what he went through, and he got very emotional. He said that, I could tell you one thing, though, that I gained during this time. For the first time, I got to know my son. I never knew my son. The son is the one who let me into the house. Oh, I, I know, since he's a kid. And he went upstairs. He said, I got to know my son. And he, and he told me about the, about the devotion of his son during this period of time. He gave up, Mamish left everything in his life to take care of his father. And the father was crying, and he said, I never knew him. I raised him. I did homework with him. I had a carpool. We learned. Anilohi Karti Hotel. I didn't know him. I didn't know him. And he got very emotional. And he said, I didn't know what a... What a what a beautiful person he is. I had no idea. I didn't know. I was just like, you know, life. You know? I didn't know. Too busy arguing, too busy fighting, too busy worrying about, you know, what time you're getting, what time you're coming home, where you're going to college, what are you doing with this, and who you're marrying, and, you know, just it didn't work out. Now let's learn the psuk. The young Reisha Lachiv, the things are starting to go in a strange direction with the brothers in Mitzrayim. So, major, major admission, right? We're guilty. And they're looking about how what's what's going on. Like, why is this happening to us? We saw the tzaras nafshay. We saw the anguish of our brother. 
when he was crying out to us, and he was begging us not to, not to throw him into the hole. When he was crying out to us, when he was begging us, and we didn't, we didn't hear him. We didn't listen to him. And that's why this tzara, this terrible tzara, has befallen us. With this strange guy, with this, with this prime minister over here. That's why we're having this tzara. The Svarno explains on that Pasuk, when he was begging us and crying out to us, Svarno says, What does he mean, achzorim? Cruel. It comes from the word ach, zar. Zar is what? Kilo, you're a stranger. Someone that doesn't know you. We were cruel to our brother. Even though we had a pshat, why he deserved to, to, to be punished. In other words, we, we, we had him figured out that he's what? A raidif. That he's trying to destroy us. He's a raidif. He's trying to make us look bad by the, our father. That he's a raidif. We should have had Rachmanis when he was crying. And measure for measure, that because of our Achzarius, that because we didn't listen and we were cruel, this person is being cruel to us. Whoever he is, this guy, is being cruel to us. This stranger. Stranger is their brother. So Svarnas tells me that because we treated him as a stranger, worse, and we didn't hear him crying, even though we had it, we had a psak, bipaskind, that he's, that he's guilty as charged, but we didn't hear when he cried to us, and me the Mida, we're now suffering at the cruel hands of this Egyptian ruler. That's what Svarna says. Now, that's the main Pasuk in this story. Now, it's clear when we go over the story again and again and again of what happened. It's clear, and we have to, we have to understand that according to the Torah, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's perspective, the main chait of the brothers, the main sin of the brothers, was not mechiris, Yosef, was not the fact that they sold him. That was a terrible toast. It was a terrible mistake. People make mistakes. Even great people make mistakes. Great people sometimes make great mistakes. And they made a mistake. A mistake... But according to the Torah, the Ikah HaChet, the main Chet, that needed a Tikkun, was not the Etzim HaMachira. The Machira was, was what was the consequence of the real Chet, 
or the outcome of the underlying problem. When someone does something as disgusting as wrong, that's the actual hate, but that's not the real issue. The underlying cause or problem here was exactly what they confessed now. Our brother was crying. And we lived with him in the same house. And our brother was crying. Our brother, not a stranger. Our brother was crying, and we didn't hear him. We didn't hear him. That the psak was a wrong psak, they didn't even say. Whether it was a right psak or a wrong psak. And we could see from their behavior, I'll get to that in a minute, that they still held from their psak. Because they passed on the tzaddik that he, he's the kind of a guy that his whole life is just what? A shuk shalzayim, you understand? They paskin him. They still hold that way, that he's worthless. They still hold that he's worthless. With everything they still hold, that's, they went to look for him in the shuk shalzayim. So they hold that their psak was, was correct. Even if the psak was right. And he's taka no good. And he deserved to get effed, fail. And he deserves to get every punishment. He deserves to be thrown into a hole, to, into a pit, or to be sold as a slave, whatever it is. Asaf Kalsaf is a brother. And he was crying to us. We heard him begging us. And we didn't listen. We didn't hear. All the avoid of Yosef at Sadiq, when he was disguised with his brothers, was to be misakin this, to give them a chance to be misakin this, was that they should have a chance to repair this, to fix this. Lo shamanu, not here. Same chance that we're getting now with our kids. Same chance we're getting now with our kids, especially the kids that are the ones that are most difficult and that are the ones that everybody's saying they're off, they're off, they're off, and we pass it on them to Mitzrayim with you. All Yosef HaTzadik was now trying to do, despite what they put him through, was he was listening to them, he was hearing them. And all he wanted to do was to bring them to a place where they would be able to fix what went wrong. What went wrong is Lo Shamanu, and the Tikkun is Lishmoa. That's the Tikkun. What went wrong was what we spoke about last year, a lack of empathy. Rachman, Rachmanis on a brother. Rachmanis. That's what went wrong. And that's what he was trying to help them along to come to. When they said, and finally they, they came to such a realization, what it means to have a brother who's lost in Mitzrayim. What does it mean to have a brother who's lost in Mitzrayim? What does it mean to be lost in Egypt? 
There are many, many chavas that are lost in Egypt. And the Tzar Sanefesh, what that means, to be a young man who's separated from his family, doesn't feel connected anymore to his family. And he's in a disgusting place with all kinds of horrible things that are going on. Tzaras Nafsha, what that means, that Tzaras HaNefesh, to hear, <coughs> to hear that Tzaras HaNefesh, of, of these chavah that, that they can't look at themselves because they feel that they're disgusting, that God hates them. The Tzaras HaNefesh of the boys that are lost in Mitzrayim. That's the opportunity of our generation. To hear So what's shocking now about all of this when a person is committed to a certain way of thinking and he's stuck in that way of thinking it's very, very, very hard to get out of it. Forget about Yosef's beards. You know how many old ideas all of us have that have long beards? Old ideas. Some of them are saying since like kids. And we hold it's like God's truth. I'm 100% certain. And that these <clears throat> certainties that we have close the heart to considering other possibilities. I told you once that there was a maestro from the Holy Bedichava, Susie Elena, that that there was a, there was a maskil. You know, those days the maskil, many of them were tamini They knew how to learn. It's not like some uh, reform rabbi or something. These were people that were learning. And and there was a maskil that was a talmud chacham. They used to look like regular religious people too. And, but he had, this guy had, it was a little crooked, and he was going around to different Rabbanim, and his pleasure in life was, because he was so sharp, he was such a genius, his pleasure in life was to go to Rabbanim, to twist them, and to slug them up, you know, to ask kashas, and to, that was his pleasure, this Jew. And he was good, smart, smart. And he went to some big Rabbanim, and he, Namish, went with his, with his apicarsis like this. Yeah, with his kashas, whatever. So he had heard a lot about the Bedechava, that he was a huge genius, and he was also a, an unusual tzaddik, something, a chiddush of a tzaddik. And he decided that would be his next, his next victim, this mask. You know the Meister? You know them? So he, he, he decided that the Bedechava, the famous Bedechava, was going to be his next victim. So he goes over to the Shabbos and he tells his whole Yichas, he has a nice Yichas, and that, that probably gave the Shabbos a couple of rubles, whatever. And, and uh, he is allowed into the Chatzar Apanimus. And he goes into the room. He comes to the room, he, he didn't, no one gave him a warning, what, like, what's, what's going to be over there. The Vedich was running like a, like a tiger in a cage. All over the room, running. Like running like this. All over the room. And this guy walks in, and he's watching the Vedicha. 
And this was like just going all over the place. Like, like that's how he was, and that's how he was. And he was in some kind of dvekas. And the bidditch was running all over the room. And then the guy's just standing there, and he's watching this. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the bidditch runs over to him and grabs him, mamish, holds on to him, grabs his beard, and looks at him in the eyes. And the bidditch says to him, but maybe you're wrong. And the guy Mamish fell to pieces. Doesn't say his name in this farm, but he became it says from the biggest, biggest chassidim. And then he just the British just said that, let go of him and continued his his thing. <laughs> he didn't get into a conversation that the Rambam holds like this, the Rambam holds like that. Not having any argument. The Bidditchiva just broke through that place. He broke through that place, that place of of I know everything. Of this is how it is. He broke through that place. Imagine if we would have the bidditch of going off to each one of us, all of the different Irish kite that we have. Maybe you're wrong. So the brothers were not in that place <coughs> until then. They were not in such a place. <coughs> And what they were saying was, A person, and we, as great as we are, were the children of Yaakov Avinu. You become imprisoned. You become completely invested. Invested in a certain way of thinking. Invested. In a certain way of looking at everything. That maskanari shine that you had, that first maskan of how you touch things up, now here we're not just talking about one person, we're talking about all the brothers. So that makes it even stronger, right? There was a consensus. It's not just one person. We, we voted. You become a person of Velo, or people of Velo Shaman. We became completely incapable of hearing. Akedekach, where we committed to our psak of how we touched up this brother of ours, that we paskened on him, that he's treif possible. When you come to such a psak and such a maskana, and you've invested all of these years, remember, all of these years since he's gone, a long time. All of these years, you've invested in justifying that psaq. You did the right thing. You did the right thing. And if they were going to bring him back, it's only else what? Rachmanus of the old father. But as far as we're concerned, Paskin the right, 100% psaq. 100% psaq. Like I've heard people say that also with cruel things. Yeah, it's Paskin like this, Paskin like that. It's Paskin. So they had their psaq. And once they had that psaq, they were incapable of seeing a different mitzvah, of hearing a different mitzvah. Even if the mitzvah is standing and staring you in the face, there's something that's called cognitive dissonance. You can't accept it. You simply cannot see the truth. It's staring you in the face. Just like this father told me, I'm living, I raised this kid, and I never saw the kid. I don't know with a beard, with that, with a beard without a beard, but the hamlo he kiruhu. 
They didn't see him. They didn't recognize him. Until that last moment when they were breaking down. And somehow, even though the Beditsi wasn't there, something cracked. And I will Hashem Manachnu, because it was too bizarre. And Hashem Manachnu, Bishchanu, Elena Veloshamanu. But even when they went down to Mitzrayim, that all of those years to reconsider and to think, maybe he was an Erlachid. Forget about Yosef Sadik. Maybe he was just a kid that was going through a hard time. And that's why, you know, he, they thought he ate Eva Menachai, right? They accused him of all the different stuff. Gilei Rai, Eva Menachai, just like all the kids are being accused of now. So maybe that's why he ate Nakosh. Maybe that's why he was, which they imagined that he was doing things with girls. Maybe that's why. Because they saw him taking care of his hair, right? Maybe that's why. After all of the years, they still didn't consider to be Melamed's chus on him, that the truth is he was a good guy. And good guys make mistakes also. They didn't come to that conclusion. They went down to Mitzrayim to find Yosef, and they headed straight downtown. They didn't go. They didn't go. They didn't go looking for him in the in the nice area. And they went straight downtown to look for him in the bad places in the shukshul zayins. They didn't. Nothing in their way of thinking changed all of the years. They passed on him when he was seventeen. And that's the psak. As it's no good. They passed him all the worst of areas in the world. Which was never really, which was never really proven in any way. They had all these suspicions, but they passed on him that who knows Yosef better than us? Nobody knows Yosef better than us. He grew up in our house. So here they are. They left the they they left the Shulkshul Zionists. They I'm sure they're very uncomfortable. You can imagine being in such a place. Asking, you know, there's a you know there's a Jew over here by the name of they, they call him Yosef. You know, there's a Jew over here. If they heard any stories about that, there was an Ivory that that rose to prominence. There wasn't chalal lo babecheshbon. It wasn't shayach that that's our low life of a brother. You understand? It wasn't shayach. It wasn't shayach. So now they're in the Beis HaMalchus, now they're in the palace, and they're sitting with Imamish across from him in the palace. All of the Simonim are screaming, Ani Yosef, that this is Yosef, everything is Ani Yosef. And the Torah says, the most heartbreaking words, maybe in all of Chumash, Vehem lo hikiru. And as we learned in the in the Shiurim, in the Masa Shabbos, Shabbos Shiurim, the Hagdomis, the Sefer Yeshua, we're talking about Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David, is that the sin of the Hemlo Hikiru, as the Vilna Goyen teaches us, and Rav Kook and all the Tzadikim, is that that sin of the Hemlo Hikiru continues on and on and on, and is the Ikir reason why Mashiach and David hasn't come. And Vehem Lo Hikiru means we don't recognize Yosef Atzad. We don't know our own children, even though we're growing up in the house with them. Even though we're raising them, we don't know. 
was so busy raising them. He was so busy being mechanach them. It's our brother, our children, that's the stain on our generation now that we have to fix. It became almost an easy thing to say. Oh, this guy, you know, this kid, yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's off. Like it's like, you know, just part of life, kid went off. And as I said before, before I, 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 uh, the wit before I went to Yishalayim, that that maybe this, maybe this sins are not so great, and maybe they talk and did things, of course, that they're not supposed to do. The same things that most of us did when we weren't supposed to do them. to misinterpret our own children, to misinterpret. If I would tell you all the times to hear, and I'm saying not as others, I'm saying Hashem him anachno, ani. A kid doesn't want to get up to shul. Doesn't want to get up to shul. Already tight him up as being. Somebody that doesn't care about God. He's already eight years old. He doesn't care about God. This doesn't bode well for the future. But to see him, that all he wants to do is to play or something, he wants to, and he doesn't want to look in the Gemara. And we pass. Think of Pascha. We have very, very strong bate dinam. I know that most of you are saying, well, nowadays, oh, I don't believe in bezdin. It's not true. You just think you're bezdin. And we paskin on our children. And we paskin on other Jews for states of Of course, I'm not talking about other. That's for sure. I'm talking about paskin on our, on our own children <coughs> to paskin. And then what about what's really hurting the child, the Amis, what's hurting the child. Do we hear the child crying out, And then they get up, and they make speeches, and all kinds of things. When, when, when we were in HSL, there was a thing that took place at one of the hot points of Yerushalayim, where they got out and they took on, they made like a menorah, pitchforks or something, and they took long shadows and they were burning them in public. And there were people there making speeches, rabbis, about this is the evil that's destroying the Jewish people of the long shadows. And I mentioned this to you, that I'm not saying they go to their bed. There's a problem with sneers. Or when you have, when you have, after God, these terrible accidents, there was a fire in Abach. <coughs> family was killed, right? And then they get together in Asifa. And you have thousands of Jewish women come together. And some Rebbitsons come together and they start yelling about their Averis. <coughs> about their, about their shaitans. 
Again, I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything about the shaitlus like this or like that. It's so much easier to get a short shaitl, to change your shaitl, than to change the way that you look at your at your kid. It's so much easier to do that. How sickening it is for these people to get up there and yell at, at God's children. Sets people on fire because of the length of their shaitl. What kind of a bunch? That's the bunch. If we had a bunch like that, I would want to say creation. He killed. He killed the Jewish family because of this, because of the length of the shaitl. And now all we have to do is to have short shaitls, and then Shalom Yisrael Mashiach is going to come. It's the easiest thing to get up and say such things, and to make strong speeches, and they get all the Nashim Sakani is crying and worried and nervous. And then they're going to make a public burning, and some some idiot gets up and says, "This is the ace, an ace rotsen." That's what you're saying. There's a big ace rotsen, a big ace rotsen. The chet eagle is an ace rotsen. To go like to go like like Taliban, to go like ISIS. Which is such a way of looking at Jews. Over a little girl goes not dressed properly. What happened a few years ago? Some idiot in Beit Shemesh spits at a little girl because she had a skirt with socks or something. This is, these are the problems of Klai Yisrael. Nobody wants to say the truth. It's the same business. Fehem lo hikiru. It's the same thing. Mechirus Yosef told that's all the problems. It's not the sale. It's what happened before and after. That with everything and after all of the years, you still go looking for him in the Shuk Shel Maybe you guys were wrong. Maybe Yosef is not really... A guy that likes the shuk shel zaynis. You ever think about that? Maybe he's a good guy. Maybe he's even holier than you. You ever think about that? No, because he's got long hair and he's got a long shaitl, Yosef. So it can't be he's masalsa basau. Can't be that he's a good guy. Can't be that he's a good guy. We're the good people. We're the good people. We didn't do anything wrong. Every rabbi, every teacher, every parent, we're the good people. The kids are the ones who tell, they're the ones to blame. <coughs> or somebody else, or the rabbi, or this or that, or the friend. But to be able to say, we didn't hear. This is the tikkun of our generation, to hear. All of these things that we're going through, is to bring us to such a place. And the Tzadik, Yosef HaTzadik, is helping us to come to such a place. To have Rachmanis, to have Rachmanis. And to hear how that played out with the brothers, with Yosef HaTzadik. And where we have to go with that, the Mitzvah Shem will continue with, will continue with next year. But when we say, when, we, when, when the Indian of hearing the Megillah, and of listening to the story of Purim, Time to go any further right now, but to hear in the story of Purim, where a situation looks one way, and you mamish don't get it, right? The children are wearing disguises, uh, wearing costumes. It's so cute, right? Everybody's busy now at home. The kids are all excited about the costumes they're wearing. You know what the best costume that they have is? What's the best costume? What's the best costume? Themselves. Themselves. Nothing you could buy in the store get online. That's, that's nothing. For, for $50, $100, you get some kind of a thing. The best costume 
and they completely fool us with a gazna. If you're living in the same house and the kid is wearing his outfit, no, no outfit that you bought himself, but you see as him. Vahem lo hikiru, mommy and daddy, lo hikiru. You imagine if we would recognize how the child feels when the kid's trying to talk to you and you're looking at your phone and you look at him like this. Do we recognize how absolutely sick it makes him? Do we hear how the kid's crying out that I want to spend a few minutes with my father looking at me in the eyes, talking to me? Do we hear that? No. But I'm only doing this for you because I'm trying to make a deal. And if I have a deal, then you're going to have uh, what uh, you'll have uh, your, your, uh, your new room in the house. We'll make an expansion for you. I'm only doing it for you. You think this is for me? It's not about me. It's only about you. And the kids are looking at their fathers. They walk away. You remember the old song? I'm sorry, I, took, I went over time. There was an old song when we were growing up. The cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Remember that? <laughs> Who was the machaber of that? Huh? No, Harry Chapin. Like, yeah. That's father and son. It's also good. No, Harry Chapin, Harry Chapin. My boy is just like me. Remember the last line? Boom. Right in the stomach. When we heard it as kids, well, thank you. My father always had time for me. But when they listen to it, you know, if you listen to it as you're getting older, boy, boy, my boy was just like me. We'll get together then, Dad, right? Is that the end? We'll get together then. Because that's what you have to say to this kid. We'll, get to, uh, we'll, we'll have a good time then, son. We'll have a good time then. And the cat's in the cradle of silver spoon, little boy and man in the moon. And it goes on and on and on. Now the, now the, now he's going to have the car keys, Dad. I don't know. Can I have the keys? That's what he wants. You want to talk to me? Because now he wants his kid to talk to him. He's like an old guy, and he wants to have a Kesha, right? Because now he has got nothing to do with his life. And the, kids t- the kid comes to him, and he's so excited. I'm going to talk to my father. I feel bad, you don't know any of this stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> we still have a yid here that, that, that had the schuss not to have any of this. So, so it, fill him in. So, so now finally, the, now the kid comes to him. Now the, kid, now the kid comes to him and the father's all excited. He's an old guy. And my son's coming to, to spend some time with me. And the older kid says, what? See you later. Can, 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 can I have the car? Can I have them, please? The car keys. And then the father says, then the father has over the whole song, and my boy is just like me. That's what it is, our generation. My boy is just like me. Hashem's book should help us to be better. Okay.